Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And a big hello and thank you so much to my dear friend Crystal Wright, who's back with us this week. Crystal, thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. I asked you a couple weeks ago if you'd be willing to join us again, and you said you would, and you picked for us Jeremiah 9.24 for this week. And I'd like to read it real quickly. I'll be reading it in the NIV. It says, but let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. There is so much packed into this verse, Crystal. Not only is it a long verse, but it's lengthy in theology. I mean, we've got a lot to unpack here really quickly. And just by way of context, obviously, this is towards the end of the chapter. The verse just before it, we were talking very briefly earlier how I feel like verses 23 and 24 really work together to create quite a powerful sermon. So if it's okay with you, I want to read 23 really quickly as well. The verse preceding our verse of the week, it says this. This is what the Lord says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast in their riches. So now I want to read our verse again, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So as I read those two verses together, Crystal, what I'm seeing is the Lord in the kindest, most gentle way possible is saying, don't look at yourself. Don't look at your wisdom. Don't look at your strength. Don't look at your riches. Look at me. Learn of me. Think about me. Study me. Pay attention to who I am. He knows that that's the secret to our lives being fulfilled. So I want to throw this over to you, Crystal, because there is so much here. And you know that I could talk for hours and hours and hours. But I really want to hear from you first. What is the truth that you pull out from this passage where God is saying, I want you to know that I'm the one who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness. These are the things that I delight in. Pay attention to who I am. What does this verse speak to you, Crystal? Well, there's two things. My mind went down kind of two roads when I was looking at this verse. And the first one, just that point you made that it's not about us. And I love that simple phrase even, but let the one who boasts, boasts about this, that they have the understanding to know me. There's something even about how that's written that's so beautiful that all of our boasting comes down to the most simple thing, and that is that we have been given the understanding to know the one true God. But with that, I was thinking, you know, if we would all be a little bit honest for a moment, there's really not very many of us who could genuinely have a lot to boast about. There's not very many people that are wise enough or strong enough or rich enough that they probably should be going around boasting about it. So the rest of us, like the 99% of us need something, right? (laughs) Because we don't have much to offer in that area anyways. Um, So it's humbling just to realize, okay, 
I, d- I don't even fit that category of people that should be going around boasting about their riches or, or their strength <laughs> or anything, but just uh-huh. taking it back to that simplest thing that we've been given the understanding to know God. So then the Lord goes into talking about a little bit of who he is. What has he given us to actually know about him? So then that kind of took me down the second just path of meditation of looking at those three words that he gives us to describe himself. You know, all of scripture describes who God is, and we're given a lot of attributes about the Lord and about his character. But there was something about the combination of these three that just kept weighing on my heart. And I just kept going back to it and thinking, okay, Lord, why are you emphasizing your kindness, your justice, and your righteousness all together? What is it Mm -hmm. about those three things together that is so important for us to understand and to know about you? But what I came to was, you know, these are the characteristics that are required to be in relationship with a really broken humanity. God Mm -hmm. has to be these three things in order to have a relationship with a broken, troubled people. And that's what we are. And that's sort of the context of this whole book of Jeremiah is his people who he loves, who he has a covenant with, but who are so broken and stubborn hearted and deceived. It takes a God who is full of kindness, justice, and righteousness to even enter into a relationship with us. And it's also really a picture of the gospel because that's what Jesus demonstrated to us. Just to kind of work the words backwards, starting with his righteousness, he alone is the only one who's never been touched by sin in any way. Sin has no power over him. Death has no hold over him. He is righteousness and he's justice. Something needs to be made right. Our broken world needs to be made right. And God is the God of justice to be able to do that. But he's also full of loving kindness and that compels him to want to be in relationship with us as as broken as we are. So I just enjoyed thinking about those three attributes and how really how important they are together and how they reflect looking forward the very heart of Christ and his desire to come to earth and to restore and to come into relationship with broken sinners. So powerful. And I think the one word that I grabbed onto very, very strongly as you were talking was the word covenant. You kind of slipped that in there. But I I do think it's important that we pull out here that in the Hebrew, this word kindness is actually hesed. And it means unfailing love, loyal, devoted, merciful. It's kindness most often based on a prior relationship, especially a covenant relationship. So this is kindness specifically to those of us who are in covenant with Mm -hmm. God. And these are all covenant aspects of a relationship. And I think what God is saying to us is know who I am and know that I am always interested in more of a relationship with you, even though, like you said so well, Crystal, we are a broken, fallible, flawed people that will, in our humanness and in our sin, run away from God. His very nature is covenant, calling us back into that covenant. How does he do that? First, by extending this merciful love, which is kindness, has said in the Hebrew, and then by pouring out justice, because there are consequences for Mm -hmm. sin. 
and his righteousness, which covers our sin. It's this beautiful circle of covenant where he says, I'm going to come at you with my mercy in your place of sin, with my kindness. I am going to call you accountable for your Mm -hmm. sin, understanding that you can't frustrate grace. You can't keep sinning. Like Paul said, should we just keep sinning that grace should abound? No, he's saying, you have to turn from your sin. You're in a covenant with me. I am jealous for Mm -hmm. you. And as you come out of your sin, you turn and you repent, you will experience my righteousness now because of Christ becomes your righteousness. So it's this beautiful picture of God calling us to himself, that deeper place. I always refer back to the Garden of Eden. Because we were created to be face to face in intimacy with the God who created us, just like Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. And this is a picture of a covenant keeping God saying, if you're boasting, you're looking at yourself. And he knows because he created us, we are miserable. We are miserable when we look at ourselves. And this is something that I have to work with clients a lot when they're really, really struggling emotionally, one of the first things that I ask them to do is to find a way to give back, to volunteer, to serve someone, to help a neighbor, to look to give away without looking for something in return. Give your life away because that is how we are wired to be joyful and peaceful and fulfilled. And God is saying, if you are boasting in yourself, if you're looking at your wisdom, your strength, your riches, or even like you said, the lack thereof, (laughs) if you're looking at yourself, you will not be content. You will not be fulfilled. And I think it's a good reminder for us, Crystal, if we have said yes to Jesus, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will never be satisfied if we are in breach of covenant. Mm -hmm. When we said yes to Jesus, we said, you are now the king of my life, the Lord of my life. And we are operating in the opposite of covenant if we are looking at and living for ourselves. And so this is a covenant keeping God coming after us with this kindness, justice, and righteousness saying, I'm going to continue to pursue you. I'm going to continue to cover you, but you need to choose today. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be, verse 23, boasting and looking at yourself, your wisdom, your strength, your riches, or are you going to boast in understanding who I am, that I am the one who exercises kindness, righteousness, and justice, not just on the earth, but in your life personally? So Crystal, what is a choice that you would encourage our listeners to make based on Jeremiah 24 this next week? You know, a big part of the book of Jeremiah is there is a theme of God's judgment, but at the same time, I mean, verses like these are so exciting because it is a picture of the gospel. It shows us that the New Testament and the Old Testament are still connected. The God is the same in both places. He was the God of covenant and giving his righteousness and his justice to his people, just like he was like we see later through Christ. There was so much judgment in Jeremiah and a big portion of the judgment that's talked about was because the people that God had called to be the shepherds to his children 
had become the opposite of what God describes here in this verse. And there's several chapters where he's very clear, where he comes at the the shepherds, the leaders, the prophets of this time, and basically calls them out on their own unrighteousness. They had totally became unholy and gone into sin. He, he calls them out on their lack of justice. They were oppressing people intentionally for their own personal gain, and they did not reflect God's loving kindness. I have a very small area of this world that I'm responsible for, a very few number of people that I'm responsible to, you know, women that work for me, women that come to me for help. But it reminds me that in that position that God has put me in, and I would say that there's probably many that are listening that God has put them in places where he is given them responsibility and influence and impact on people's lives. We can take this verse as a model for remembering who God has called us to be, who he is first and foremost, to spend time actually just reflecting on these these characteristics of God and cherishing them the way that God cherishes them about himself, and then in turn letting them become such a part of who we are that we are operating out of that place that we don't become. It's so easy to become unrighteous and unjust and unloving, even in the places that we're called to serve. And so that would be my choice or my challenge to anybody who's listening today that has an area of influence in their life that they are grounding themselves in these characteristics of God. Mm, It's so important and it's simple, but I find myself saying this a lot. We are told by Jesus repeatedly in the New Testament to come to him as children. We're promised the kingdom of God belongs to the childlike. And this is one of those times, Crystal, where we're being reminded as simple as what we're setting out for the choice today is, It's proof positive that it is the Holy Spirit's leading and it is the Jesus way. What we're looking at in verses 23 and 24 here is a very simple choice. It's a childlike choice. You know, I would say to a a child that's being selfish, you know, stop making it about you. Stop thinking about you. Let's help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Let's bless somebody else. And I feel like God is speaking to us like children saying, why are you boasting? Why are you looking at your wisdom, your strength, your riches? All of that energy should be going into getting to know me, mm-hmm. becoming like me. Now that we're in the sanctification process because of Jesus, studying who God is and asking him through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us to become like Jesus. And as we study him, as we focus on his kindness, justice, righteousness, like you're saying, not only does that become a part of our DNA, it feeds us spiritually, but it is our example of what he wants us to manifest to this world, how he wants us to show his power and who he is to the world. So the choice is very clearly, very childlike, set out there for us. Are we boasting in our wisdom, strength, and riches, or are we boasting that we have an understanding of God's kindness, justice, and righteousness, not just in our heads, not an academic knowing, but it's become part of mm-hmm. us. It's taken over, become, you know, become resident in us and we're living it out. We are walking around and we are setting the example. We are loving the world. We are loving the people, like you said, in our sphere of influence with this kindness, justice, and righteousness of God mm-hmm. so that they can experience him through us. 
And, and what does that look like? You know, it's going to be personal, just like it's a personal relationship that we all have with him. This is one of those verses that we all need to meditate on, like you're saying, personally and saying, God, how can I manifest and reflect your kindness, justice, and righteousness to the people in my world? How do you want me to show people your heart? Again, back to this word has said, it's in a covenant relationship. It's going to be through the people that we are closest to, our family and our closest friends that are going to see this first. And what does it look like to practice his justice and righteousness? It's standing up for what's true and fighting for the people that don't have a voice or don't have somebody in their corner. Like how can we be God's justice to help people? Mm -hmm. And how can we show his righteousness? This is something that if we meditate on it and we ask the Holy Spirit, he will show us how to apply it. But first we must make this critical choice. What are we boasting in? And someone listening might say, well, I'm not boasting in anything. I'm not proud, you know, but but let's let's look at this from the broad context of what it's saying in the Hebrew. What are we focused on? What are we finding our identity, our value, our worth in? Is it the things of this world? Is it the wisdom, the strength, the riches, or is it in a deepening relationship with God, knowing who he is and seeking to show who he is to the world? So this is a really important choice that's set out there. Listeners, I encourage you to get into God's word, to read Jeremiah 23 and 24 for yourself. Ask him to help you make this choice, to choose verse 24 Look at verse 23 and say, God, help me to not boast in these things, but to boast in who you are. Verse 24, help me to choose it this week and then show me how to live out your kindness, justice, and righteousness here on the earth in my relationships, in my sphere of influence. Crystal, thank you so much for being here with me this week. I am so, so grateful to you. Thank you for just bringing your insight and the truth that God has laid on your heart. I appreciate you so much. Next week, I am so excited to have my mom, Carol Kenyon, back. We're going to be in Isaiah 66, verse 13, for Mother's Day, part one. And she will actually be with me for two weeks as we unpack that scripture together. And that is a message for all women. Whether you're a physical, biological mother or not, you will be blessed by this message. So make sure to be looking for Mother's Day Part 1 that will be coming out soon. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And I look forward to joining with you in God's word next week. Father God, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that you are a God who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness in our lives. And I pray that we would meditate on this passage and we would make this really important choice to not boast in our wisdom, in our strength, in our riches, but boast in who you are. You are powerful, Father, and you see us exactly where we are. You love us exactly where we are, and yet you call us into more. I thank you that we can choose to be transformed by the renewing of our minds as we meditate on your word and we allow it to become part of our DNA, changing us as we become more like your son, Jesus. That is our prayer. And so we give our hearts to you. We make this choice and I pray that we would see 
your kindness, your justice and righteousness lived out through our lives in the coming week. And it is in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.